I was told we're rolling, so here we go. Episode number 297 of No Laugh Track Podcasts. I am sitting here in a chair in the air-conditioned room here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. uh, Circle of Heat. We played their music there at the beginning. And that is, uh, who's in that band? Trevor Anderson, who's performing this week along with Robert Burrill and... My guest today, second time here on this podcast. Second time, yes. Yes, it is. Chris Garcia is here, everybody. Ah, let's pause for it. Take a break for applause. Thank there we go. You, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. People listening to the cars, both hands on the wheel. It's okay. It's okay. Um, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. I'm. This is. Um, this is the highlight of my week. Really? Week. It really is. Talking to me? Uh, yes. Every year and a half is the highlight <laughs> of my week. It's the highlight of a year and a half. That's great. And although I love doing this podcast every week, and I was looking forward to talking to you, especially, Chris, yeah. after I listened back to the... I don't always have the best memory of what I talked about with somebody because I've done, like, you know, this will be 297 Jeez. of these over, about yeah. six years or something. Wow. So I tend to forget some things. Sure. So I listened back. I listened back to ours yeah. from a year and a half ago. How was it? We both... A plus. We were on, we were on it. A plus. Oh, nice. A plus. No pressure. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, you didn't listen back to it. No, I haven't. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, I hate the sound of my own voice, <laughs> so I can't. <laughs> so here we are. We have a lot to live up to from last time. Um, so I'm just going to apologize right up front. I took some Ambien. Oh, okay. And I may see some, say some things are quite racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I took some too, so it'll be fine. It'll, oh, okay. We'll both get fired. It'll be fun. <laughs> but seriously, though, who are you racist against? Uh, basically the Dutch. And No, I'm Fuck just kidding. <laughs> no, no. No, aren't there a lot of Dutch people? No, I, I, uh, I don't know. Racist towards more of myself, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I pointed in. Fair, uh, let me get. Let's do a, look, a quick recap of uh, some of the things we talked about last time that stood out to me. First of all, you were wearing an LA Kings hat last time we were here. Oh, you yeah, have no yeah. hat today. No hat today. That's changed. No hat. You're still the same person, but that's... no hat. We talked about you opening for Mark Marin. Oh yeah, that's you... what I did the first time I was in town. Yeah. Any more with Marin? Um, since then, have you kicked I... him to the curb. Now you know I let him go. I was like, this guy's bringing me down. You yeah. know. Uh, no, I think I've opened him for him since too. Okay. Like right sometimes on. he'll. Uh, um, we both live in Los Angeles, and you'll have like uh, he'll do some shows, like a little run of shows, preparing new material in town. So he'll call me up, and I'll uh, do like twenty minutes at the beginning of those shows, uh, which is always really fun. His crowd is so great. Yeah, and right the, on. Yeah, so right on. Uh, let's see what else we talk. About. You and I were married in the same month, if you remember uh, that October twenty. 20- Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Still married. I'm still married still, as good well. Good job. All right. Okay. You are as well. Yeah. Okay. Almost, perfect. You know, almost three years. Yeah. We should have, uh, you know, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. You make it this far. I mean, and we might, we're going to, we're going to get buried together. We've made it all the way. Uh, let's see what else. Then we talked a lot about, which I got some more, ton more questions about you, uh, honeymooned in Cuba. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that. Oh, cool. You visiting your family oh, yeah. and everything. Have you been back since then? I have not been back. Um, I'd love to go back. Um, yeah, you said that a year and a half ago. And you yeah. <laughs> well, I'm supposed to, my father passed away last year. Sorry uh, to hear that. It's okay. But- uh, he wants his ashes scattered in Cuba. Awesome. And, but my mom's like, oh, 
can't we just do it in Miami? <laughs> I was like, no, mom, this is dad's dying wish. Like, and she's like, oh, come on. It's too complicated. He didn't, he didn't say or Miami. No, no. He doesn't want to be scattered where Pitbull makes videos. You know, <laughs> that's not what he wants. So he's currently, my dad is currently in a box okay uh because i don't want my mom to like just scatter them willy-nilly like she this is uh this is a tangent but my that i made a i sold a sitcom about my family i think since did we talk about that you were you know what at the end of the last when we did the podcast you kind of just were like and i'm hoping to get a Uh, yeah yeah so we like we sold it you know it's not getting made or anything but like i was lonely island yeah lonely island uh we're produced it and then um i wrote it with two of the writers from modern family yeah which was like a really cool experience and they were great but to give you an idea of how little my mom understands my career i was like mom i sold a tv show about dad and me and you and like our family in high school and stuff and she was like uh that's great i scattered grandma's ashes today out at sea and it was really windy so the ashes got all over me (laughs) and i was like jesus Uh Oh, I was like, cool, mom. She was like, but congratulations on the show. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great. So I have been holding the ashes so my mom doesn't take, I was like, I don't know what she's going to do with them. So my dad is yeah. currently spending eternity next to my surge protector under my desk at home, <laughs> which is, I don't think, where he wants to be. Mm-mm. But um, I, I'm a big Dodgers fan. My dad is a big Dodgers fan. So I tried to take him try to take his remains to the world series last fall last fall i like i was like this would be really cool like i'm just gonna take i'm not gonna like scatter him or anything i'm just want to take my dad in a duffel bag i would even pay for a ticket it's you go through weird stuff when you're like parents pass away and stuff and so i was like i'm gonna take dad to i grew up going to the stadium with my father i think it would be so cool to see the Dodgers in the World Series for the first time in 30 years yeah, or whatever. Because yeah. uh, we, we watched that one together. And so I called up the stadium and because uh, I didn't want to just show up with my dad's remains and have this security like take them away with some lighters and some like one hitters or that's, whatever. Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> so I, I don't know. Lost and found is over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you can't take that water bottle or that seventy-two-year-old man into the stadium <laughs> right now. Is that but, a butterfly knife? Yeah, take that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I asked. I was like, "Hey, can I bring in remains?" They're like, "Absolutely not." And I was like, "May I ask why?" And they're like, "Well, if you bring in remains, you're gonna scatter them all over the field." and we don't want that. I was like, I promise not to scatter them. And the lady was like, sir, I know this means a lot to you, but that's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, no. I was like, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get and it. And there's I no should... way she believed that you weren't going to. Yeah, she thought I was going to go in there and just like right after the national anthem, just whatever, yeah. throw. Maybe even run out. onto the field. Run onto the field yep. like Morgana. Mm-hmm. Is that the lady's yeah, name? Yeah, the kissing bandit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would be the scattering bandit or, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> or maybe do both. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Go out and give the, uh, who, let's see, who plays, uh, you know, Corey Seeger? Go oh, give him yeah. a smooch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drop some ashes. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so, yeah. That's so they funny. turned you down. They turned me down. Did you go to a World Series game? No, I didn't. No. I took my dad to a bar. I took his ashes to a bar with my friends, and we watched it there, and I bought him a beer, uh, and I bought myself a, de- a beer, and I, I drank both beers. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right and then, yeah. But it was it was a good experience. Okay. Yeah. My, um, and you, your mom is still around. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm, the reason I'm pointing that out uh, is that, well, 
I just got off the phone with a friend of mine whose father passed away in the last six months. Yeah. His parents were not together, hadn't been for a long time. So he and his brother, basically my buddy, is has to take care of all the shit his dad left behind. Oh, wow. They were sort of estranged. Not yeah. even sort of, like, they were. Yeah. But he's, he's had to go back and now clean up his dad's house and... Found some really cool stuff. Yeah. Found like some old Rolling Stones. Oh. Then also found his dad's gay porn collection. Oh, wow. That he didn't know his dad oh, was into gay porn. Oh, wild. Yeah. Yeah, super wild. So be thankful you didn't have to uh, take care of the cleaning oh, out. My everything. dad had been showing me his gay porn for years, <laughs> so I knew all about it. And uh, his Rolling Stone collection. He just played that stuff all the time, so I didn't, I didn't find anything out. <laughs> Can't surprise me. I already do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And surprisingly, my buddy wasn't as surprised as I thought he was going to be when he told me that, as a matter of fact. Maybe he was hiding it for a friend. Oh, that's it. it was <laughs> yeah, stash house? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like, like when I had porn when I was in uh, like junior high or high school, you know, I was just... Uh, t- holding it for Jason Atkinson. Sure, when you your know? mom, if your mom would have seen it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, oh, my Jason God. is the bad influence. Yeah, duh. Uh, it's not, not mine. Nope, not me. Good point. Good point. Another one of the things you brought up uh, that we talked about briefly uh, the last recording was that you had had an SNL audition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to uh, test for SNL, so I got to, like, you know, audition for Lauren Michaels and all that stuff. And uh, I don't it, remember, that I, but I don't... Did, once you get through all that and don't get it, yeah. you get to try again, right? Or yeah, possibly they, they you're may still ask in you the to running. Go back again or not? You haven't been. No, I haven't been back. Okay. Uh, which I think it was great. I think it almost feels. This sounds crazy, but it almost feels like I've talked to people afterwards, yeah. and they're like. Um, you saved 10 years uh, of your life oh. <laughs> just because it's like i mean it's like very brutal and stuff like that sure but uh i don't know it would have been cool yeah but either way even the fact that i didn't you just never know how things are going to go in, in the entertainment business um and when these doors present themselves um not getting them sometimes leads you to great stuff too mm-hmm. like that's what got me the montreal comedy festival and that's what got me to sell my own show and that's what's helped me like headline it all around the country and so just i guess the buzz that i got to do that generated enough interest well, that's good. and gave me all these opportunities yeah. that i hadn't had before sure now let's go uh the sitcom that you put that you put together so yeah. what okay you said it's not being produced or oh uh, yeah it's not being unfortunately it's not being you know it's so where is it in its life right now right in its life now cycle? we're it's still under contract and i guess in a coma are, is it in a coma i would say it's in a coma okay. uh but they're gonna try to revive it like i think it's a good enough idea and it's still um it's like pertinent and it's a good time for it but um to take it out again but it was basically a story about how when i was a kid i grew up in a bad neighborhood and my parents lied about where we lived so i can go to school in a nicer neighborhood and it was like a super beach town and my dad was out of a job and he was convinced because english wasn't good so he enrolled in the adult english as a second language program at my new school with me so i showed up to this like rich surfer school with my cuban refugee dad and i went to school with him for 
two years. And it's like a real story. I know. And so it's when amazing. people heard it, they're like, sold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so, but it was like such a cool experience because I, I'd never had any experience with stuff like that. I got to go to the Modern Family office all the time in the writer's room. And like, I got to go to them like, um, uh, I just got to see those people every day and I got to be in the room and like I, I mean I had my own office like separate from them that I shared with the guys I was writing it with okay but um yeah we went to like readings of like the scripts and so I'd see like Sofia Vergara and every like the whole cast like just doing a, cool. a table read yeah and uh, we wrote it over the course of like two or three months and I felt like I went to like sitcom grad school because a, a show of that caliber the, everyone working in there is like they're so bright and yep. they all come with like there's people from Frasier in there people from the original Roseanne <laughs> like people from like classic TV shows and just through osmosis I hope I picked up some stuff but it was like it was really cool just to drive onto a TV lot and yeah. just like see like old oh there's a picture of Humphrey Bogart and uh, there's like you know sure, a man. statue of Napoleon dying. it's like TV history yeah, I like the fact that you're not like too cool to appreciate that stuff it's, oh, I, I like hearing this oh yeah saying. it's yeah. like a childhood dream you know yeah, you're little good. kids you're like wondering like even when I was a little kid and I watched like I Love Lucy or something and Ricky would be walking around a set or something mm-hmm. like that um I was always like, "Wow!" And Remember like, in um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? I was about to say when that. When he wa- yes, yeah, that I, was one of my first tastes of like, "Oh, look at this! It must be the the background, and they're just walking by." Yeah, it's so cool. It was like I still have that childlike wonderment yeah. about it. And the last day we worked on the script, um, I had never gone in a golf cart. Like, even though they're all around and every show has a golf cart, and there's like, oh, there's the Modern Family cart and there's the, uh, whatever, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine cart. Mm-hmm. Like, they all have their own carts and bicycles. But oh, the okay. last day I was like, hey, guys, can we take a spin around the lot? And so I got to drive. You to drive. I got to drive the cart and they gave me, like, the funny history of, like, the Fox lot. And they're like, this is where uh, Shirley Temple lived and this is where oh, JFK wow. would hide. <laughs> <laughs> like all these, like all this crazy Hollywood lore. Wow, and so, that's cool. Even today, when I go to stuff like that, I'm always like, "Whoa, this is where they make TV." Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, you grew up watching it, and it's just like always fascinating. Very cool. Yeah. Could you see yourself ever uh, like working as part of somebody else's project like that, like a writer on a TV show? Or? Yeah, I just got staffed for a show I can't talk about. <gasps> for but real? Yeah, I just got uh, t- my first, well, my second TV writing job. Well, I've had a couple, but this my first on a sitcom i'm writing for a new netflix show and it starts i start next month in july wow. so i'm like really excited no shit yeah so congrats thanks yeah a, a, a comedy sitcom yeah sitcom that's for so, netflix so odd. yeah like sitcom is says implies comedy yeah so sort of redundant but yeah that's awesome man. yeah thanks and uh last uh last year i got staffed on a um Comedy Central sketch show, which I wrote just on the pilot, but um, it's a new one that's coming out called Alternatino. It's with the guy from um, Broad City, has his own like sketch show. Oh, okay. And so I wrote on that, um, but that's in New York, and I'm like, you know, I like Los Angeles. I'm just going to stay in LA. Okay. Um, But yeah, so now I'm like starting to write for TV more, and I really enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You going to get in front of the camera? We'll see. I mean, uh, I know it's an option because, like, they know. I mean, part of the reason some people hire comedians is because we could write jokes, and if need be, 
we could just jump on in there. Yeah. You know, and this is a multicam, so it's like the comedians are like the best at multicams yeah, just okay, because you're okay. just like it's like being on stage for sure. And so we know how to do it. So we'll when, see. Uh, do you know when they're announcing this? So that I'm not can talk sure. About it? I'm you not sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting because last week Martha Kelly was here. Yeah, she's great. Yes, and I definitely and I was like so like towards the end of the podcast like so is there any like acting stuff you're gonna be doing? She's like well. Yeah, next month, uh, or it's like June or July, I'm starting, well, I'm going to be in this movie, but I can't talk about it, and uh, just, I don't think I can. I get home from doing the podcast, yeah. and I, uh, I see a Google alert in my email for Martha Kelly, yeah, and it's the fucking announcement for the movie that she couldn't uh, talk course. about, so yeah, I yeah, sent yeah. it to her on Twitter, I was like, hey, is this the movie you couldn't talk about? That's it! <laughs> Oh, well, it turns out you could have, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just all have to be so safe about it because, like, these companies have so much money and mm-hmm. they want to promote it and announce it themselves, which I get. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we're uh, like, yeah, okay. We actually had to pull an episode of this podcast once. Oh, wow. Because a, I don't even, I don't think I'm going to say who it is, but yeah. there was a, uh, there was a comic who taught, who did talk about an upcoming project. Yeah. Then, like four months later, got a hold of me on social media. It was like, hey, man, I just realized because I saw the description of what you wrote on that episode that I talked about this thing I'm not supposed to talk about. Oh, wow. And they're telling me, you know, and I'm just realizing I can get fined like 150 grand and get my job taken away and whatever. He's oh, like, could wow. you please just either edit it or take it, you know, take it down or take it out? And we just. Did you play hardball at all? <laughs> yeah, I should have, right? <laughs> like, oh, what's it do you? I don't know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hmm, that's funny. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> Dang it. No, we just took the whole thing down. We, uh, yeah. we, we didn't even That's nice screw you. with it at all. Um, my kids get done with uh, school already next week, so it'll be summertime. Oh, cool. Do you, uh, I'm curious about you, you know, when you were in school, my kids are too, well, they think they're too young to have jobs. I had my first job in fifth grade. But uh, how about you? Summer jobs when you were in school? Did you work at all? Yeah, I worked when I got to high school. I worked. Well, in junior high, I just did, like, you know, mow the lawn and stuff like that. But a real job, I think I was maybe 14 or something. What'd you do? Maybe 13. No, 14. I worked at a dry cleaner for three years. Uh, That's a super boring job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting, though. Like, uh,. It was, I'd never, it was like in a nice neighborhood by my school and I just never seen that side of life. Oh, so yeah. I got to see like, you know, people bring in their tuxedos and stuff yeah, and we'd yeah. find out. But then there's like when people bring in their, uh, their, you know, their clothes and stuff, you just find out a lot about, and you're like, wow, I didn't know that Jerry had a Coke problem. <laughs> And no uh, yeah, and I didn't know that uh, <laughs> like uh, Mrs. Douglas or whatever for some reason has condoms in her jacket, and, uh, and like, she's been happily married for four <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, and like people would bring in like I had like a friend who uh, his mom brought in his um, sleeping bag, and there was a love letter in it, and it was like from the su- like the summer camp that they went to, and I just gave him crap about it for years, and I was like, oh, the smell of campfire. On your skin, oh. <laughs> like I think so but uh, yeah, and then the lady—I was the young kid that I just worked at the counter, and the manager was just like this lady who was like she maybe like ten years older, and she was kind, she was like not hip. She was kind of hip. She was like a punk from the eighties, and I hadn't known music that much. And she was like, "You got to listen to the Cure, the Replacements, the blah blah blah, and like all these like interesting bands that I'd never heard." Oh, and she like helped me. 
get into music that I wouldn't have never heard of. Oh, people need that person, and that's good. Yeah, yeah that's you real always, good. You always need that, like, whatever, Sherpa, or like yeah. a, a music mentor or something. Music mentor, yeah. Yeah, because, well, I mean, I was just like, I was just listening to the radio and stuff. Totally. And she was like, she had dyed hair and, like, a bunch of earrings, and she was like, okay, let's get you into the Velvet Underground and Very cool. Femmes and all this stuff. And to this day, like, I still love all that stuff. And you're like, I like boys to men. <laughs> yeah, God. Guys, I like, yeah, Debbie Gibson. <laughs> Are you familiar with Electric Ma- Youth? Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah, Hello. Yeah. So, yeah, jams. that was a cool part about working at that job was just like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And then what else did I do? I worked at Victoria's Secret for one summer uh, as a stock boy. Hmm. And I they allow guys to work there? Yeah, only in the stock room. For and real? all I did was like steam 90s, and I was like, I think 18. It was like... Obviously, and looking back on it, it was obviously like some weird perverted thing. That I, not perverted, but I was like, I thought I got a kick out. I was like, I'm going to work at Victoria's Secret. And yeah. um, I remember thinking, I was like, it's going to be all these babes. And it happened to be the opposite. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is everyone, everyone's like, is everyone there a model? And I was like, I don't, not my branch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I did that with the summer. I had another buddy that worked at the mall. And uh, he worked. At, he was like the stock manager at the Gap or something, and we were just like the stock guys. Sure, sure. And just worked the stock room <laughs> and stuff like that. I just. When's the last? First of all, when's the last time you were in a mall? Man, it's been forever. Yeah. Like I have, I haven't even thought about going to the mall here. Uh, but like, I know it's some people like to do that. But like, I haven't been to a mall in a long time. Mm-hmm. I just, I grew up at the mall. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. There wasn't a lot of other places to hang out. Yeah. Uh, the mall that was nearest to my house growing up, you know, and I was old enough to, like, go, like, with my, with my buddies, all my parents, make, ride my bike over there. Yeah. yeah, it had a movie theater and an ice cream place and a pizza place and video games. Yeah. They had everything I needed. Yeah, everything. I remember there was, yeah. And chicks here and there. Yeah. yeah. But there's, like, there'd be, like, a whole video arcade inside the mall. Absolutely. And that was, like, 90s kid or, uh-huh. like, 80s kid heaven. And you'd be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And just, like, you know, my mom would go shopping, and I would just, like, take my $5 that I had saved up and just, like, you know. We were at one, just my wife and I were at a mall last Sunday. Yeah. The first time in a while. Was I had empty? a gift card. Yeah. I had a gift card to spend. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, they're just as dead as you'd imagine. Oh, man. But my wife went into... The reason I even thought of it and asked is because she went into Victoria's Secret. I, we went our separate ways. I oh, went yeah. to the sports store where I had my gift card. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, well, I'm going to go on Victoria's Secret. And I went, all right, well, I'll just... Will you come find me? Yeah. Because uh, you'll be done first, hopefully. Well, she was not done first. Yeah. And I still... Yeah. It was not... Like, I didn't want to go in and go find her. I know. What, what is that? Yeah. I'm an adult male with... Like with daughters, yeah. like I'm not. Why is it so? But I'm like, I don't want. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I'm gonna. I'll just wait out here. <laughs> I eventually walked in, but even then, I was like, I'll keep my. I'll just stand yeah, over like here I'm while just you're respectfully done. Standing away from the mannequins. Yeah, and I'm not making direct direct eye contact. I'm not with gonna anybody. look at. Yeah, I'm not gonna look at anything that it's gonna. Somebody's gonna. You know, am I giving it some weird look or looking yeah. too long or yeah, something? Yeah, that's like, so funny. But <laughs> I'm gonna stare a hole in the ground. Yeah, instead. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is just. Is creepy, yeah, you know. Right. I do that when my wife takes me to anthropology or something. I'm yeah. like, "There's nothing. Fr- I can't do anything here. I right. could walk around, but it just feels creepy or weird." Mm-hmm. And then they just always have the couch in the dressing room mm-hmm. where it's just like a 
five loser dudes totally. just hanging out waiting for their yeah. ladies to leave. Completely. Yeah, that was uh that was the last trip we'll take in a while probably. Did you I did I see on social media that you I had to look twice to see, like, is this legit? Did you do a, like, 90s cover band or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I, uh, That's a real thing? Yeah, like, a bunch of years ago, when I was living in San Francisco, I, um, I've i always been in bands. Like, in in college, I okay, was in Okay, yeah, we didn't talk about this last time. Mm-mm. But, like, I love music, and I play guitar and bass and sing and all this stuff. Okay. And in college, I was in pretty bad. No, some of the songs hold up. I found a tape the other day, and I was like, that's pretty good. What's the style? Um, just like rock, kind of like indie rock, uh-huh. but like pretty nice. Like my favorite bands are like alternative rock bands like Sonic Youth and, um, Pavement and the Pixies and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that era, like late, it's like late nineties, early two thousands mm-hmm. rock. And, uh, oh man, but our band names are so bad. My first college band name was called Love Minus Zero, nope. which is a Bob Dylan song, but it's also like, oh God, like so emo. And mm-hmm. like, who, who who broke up with you, little buddy? Uh-huh. Her, name, her name was Liz and we were in a long distance relationship in college, okay? Um, so I was in that band and then a band called, I, bro- I splintered off, started my own band called Chris Garcia USA. And then I uh, was in a band called Grayscale Portrait. It's another like, ooh, wow, how moody. Oh, and then, uh, that's named after filters. <laughs> yeah, 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 bro. <laughs> Isn't that like beautiful? Mm. Um, it's deep. Yeah, it's so for sure deep. I did that before comedy, and I feel like I was always like scared to do comedy, and I always wanted to do music also. But I feel like music to me was like, well, it's live performance, like. It'll satisfy my urge to want my childhood dream of doing stand-up oh. comedy, you know? Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, maybe like 10 years ago, I decided to do a 90s cover band for my birthday. And my manager, who's my manager now, what li- happened to live in San Francisco and was just a comedy fan at the time. And she came to the show I called 1995 Forever, which uh, was the year I graduated from high school Uh or whatever and so i did all my favorite songs from my high school days we all dressed up i dressed up like jamiroquai or whatever (laughs) and my friends all dressed up like oh that's the guy from soundgarden and that's the guy and uh we played the 90210 theme song with full saxophone and guitar solos (laughs) we did we went for it and it was a really fun show and then one of our friends got married and she was like will 1995 forever play our wedding if i pick the songs i was like sure and then we played a wedding one okay but i hadn't done it in forever fast forward 10 years uh my manager was like was uh looking for festivals for me to do or something or and i was gonna do san francisco sketch fest which i've done a bunch of times because i started comedy there and she pitched sketch fest because there was like a music show she was like uh Chris does this cover band called 1995 Forever, and um, she happens to manage this a bunch of other comedians that have a Weezer cover band. And she was like, this Weezer cover band and 1995 Forever. And they said yes. And so she told me with like a month's notice, she was like, hey, remember 1995 Forever? I was like, yeah. She was like, I pitched it for Sketchfest, and you guys have a gig Crazy. at the end of the month. So... All the friends I was in a band with then all got married and had kids and stuff, and their dads are- You mean you guys aren't all roommates still? (laughs) Not not roommates, (laughs) but I had to like, 
had to get an and they all lived in San Francisco and I was in Los Angeles and I was like I not only need to get this together I need to start an, a brand new band yeah <laughs> and so my best friend from high school who I played music with back 20 years ago um I was like hey Ryan do you want to get the band back together and he was like hell yeah <laughs> and then I have a friend who's a comedian named Kevin Kamiya who's really good at bass got him and then a, a drummer buddy and then we figured out a whole set and we played and uh, I dressed up like the guy from the Counting Crows. <laughs> like, Perfect. I wore a dreadlock wig, and it was like, it, I just looked like Which guy. he still has. <laughs> yeah, he still wears. I yeah. saw him in the background at a Warriors game. Yes, I saw the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, people were goofing on him. Like, how do you get such good seats? Yeah. Right? Well, I, you know, he wrote some hits. He did write some hits, yeah. But uh, when I went to Berkeley, he actually, he went to UC Berkeley as well. We didn't go at the same time, but I remember seeing him go to football games but oh. he's like a big sports guy oh yeah okay. um but i dressed up like him and we just did a bunch of songs and uh it was really fun <laughs> wow yeah, yeah that's so awesome yeah it was cool to play music again like every once in a while I'll, I'll like we'll go camping i'll bring an acoustic guitar or something like that or i'll just like play around with the guitar every once in a while but yeah to full-on play guitar and like I never, I don't know the guitar folks out there, but I've always been kind of like a Telecaster guy or something like that, okay. which is kind of more of like a country guitar okay, uh, or like a Springsteen alt country. People like Wilco and Springsteen will play like a, a Telecaster, but for some reason I decided to play a Les Paul, which okay. is like... What slash? Yeah, more rocking. <laughs> yeah, more rocking one. And I felt like a rock god. I was like, what have I been doing this whole time? Playing a Telecaster. I need to play a Les Paul. It could have been the wig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wig. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. You know those rocking sounds of the Counting Crows. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jones <laughs> and me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're flipping the guitar. Left-handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's so, very cool. Yeah, that was super fun. Nothing on the books for the summer? You know, nothing for uh, 1995 Forever is on another hiatus. Okay. Hopefully it'll be less than 10 years. Yeah, don't but... make the fans wait another decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Plus, you don't want to have to go dig up a whole other band. Oh, I know. No. That'd be terrible. Uh -huh. But it was cool. I was at this venue called the Swedish American Hall, which was like too nice for just... It's basically a dad band at this point, you sure. know. It was just like we'd practice in a garage, drink IPAs, and just fart around for two or three hours. Yeah. And this venue looked like a like a beautiful cathedral from like the eighteen hundreds and there was like wow. hundreds of people there and we're like, Did we would be trick? We pulled a fast one on someone. We <laughs> yeah, should not totally be able to do this. But yeah, it was great. What is your go to game uh song when you're around the campfire? Um, you know, it's a really fun song to play with a group of people. It do doesn't seem like it would. Usually I'll play some, like, you know, campfire stuff. You need a good Tom Petty song or something Holy like shit. that. It's really good. I was going to say, know? is it Free Fallen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Free Fallen's a perfect... I can't believe you said Tom Petty. It's a perfect anthem. But a really good funny one to do is Linger by the Cranberries. Oh, <laughs> It's like really? people will just go, do you have... Like, because no, you don't think of singing that song, especially on an acoustic guitar, but it's one of those songs that people are like, I know that song. And then all of a sudden, everyone's just like, I'm such a fool for you. <laughs> and it's like, it's always like a fun <laughs> one to, to whip out if people know it. But, it could, you know, Tom Patty is great. R.I.P. And cranberries. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Wow, I can't believe you said Tom Petty when I was thinking that. Yeah, That's... I love that guy. I got to see his third to last show. No, she... Oh. Yeah, at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, it was this like 40th reunion of his first album. Yeah. It's him and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. And Hollywood Bowl, it was the very last leg of the tour. And he was in great spirits. It was like the Friday before he passed away. And he was like, he came out and he was like, Ooh, I feel a lot of mojo tonight. <laughs> and like the Sweet. Crowd was like, yeah. yeah. And he gave like the performance of a lifetime. And then I know people that went to I think Marin went to the last one actually. Oh, okay. I went to the Friday one. Uh but it was like it blew me away. Yeah. It was so good. He's yeah. a legend. legend. I saw him a few times. Yeah. I definitely saw really him. Good. Lucky enough to see him a few times. Uh, I want to talk. Let's see what time is it? Three, four. Oh yeah, we got plenty of time here. I want to talk about some uh, some Cuba. Oh yeah, because like I said, we talked about it uh, about your visit and things like uh, you know the doctors there make about fifty bucks a month oh, and how yeah, fucking no. ridiculous that is. Yeah. Um, so I went and Googled like Cuba just news to yeah. see kind of what's going on there now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me is that they're Saturday. They're going to meet to talk about redoing their constitution. Are you paying attention to this? No, I have not. Yes, no. redoing uh, the whole thing. And uh, what's her name? Uh, Castro's daughter or some relative, a, a woman, mm-hmm. is pushing uh, to finally get gay marriage legalized. Oh, in wild! Cuba. That's yeah, wild. Uh huh. Yeah, this is um, it's news to me. Okay, um, but I'm always. But you would about, say that what you do know, that's probably a big change, or yeah, no? Yeah, I think it's probably a big change. I know. I'm not certain of the whole attitude on gay marriage and stuff there, but okay. I know in some ways socially it's like very liberal, so I'm not super surprised okay. to hear that. Um, I'm really surprised to hear about the do-over on the Constitution. Yeah, that's pretty major. I think as a Cuban, and I can't speak for all Cuban-Americans, but... It's so whenever there's news like that, it's, I'm always like a little cynical and a little okay. like eye roll. I was like, oh yeah, who's gonna change it? The Castros? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, uh, like you know how they elected a new like president or whatever recently? Yeah, and uh, I mean, he was the only person that ran, and it was like one of Castro's cronies or whatever. So I was like, oh, it's not really an election. I know they're you know. They're moving forward because the Castro's are, I mean, Fidel's dead and Raul's old. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, it's going to be the same thing. Okay. You know, but we'll see unless there's actual changes, you know, maybe legalizing gay marriage. I mean, that's a step and maybe they'll, you know, have other changes that'll like help the people. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I think that's my attitude in general. (laughs) Let's see how this pans out. Okay. (laughs) How about this one? I, uh, there was a thing, it was a, Cuba's. Sounds like it's still a place where a lot of uh, cruise ships make stops. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it was a, the, the thing I was looking at was a list of like tips if you're on a cruise ship on what you should do oh, to prepare for a stop yeah. in, uh, in Havana. Yeah. Right. And one of the biggest ones on this list was uh, leave, make sure you use the bathroom on the, on the, either on your tour bus or on the cruise ship because a lot of public restrooms in Cuba have no toilet paper or you should be bringing your own. Oh, yeah. I yeah? can see that. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I remember, like, even when you land at the airport in Havana, Jose Marti Airport, like, there, there's no paper towels, but, like, from hanging from the paper dow- uh, towel dispenser was 
like thin toilet paper. <laughs> so oh no! Like, so I was like, oh no, guys, you got this mixed up. But also, <laughs> that's the best they can do is like, and it was like, it's really thin uh-huh. ply. Oh you know? no, it's not. They're not using Charmin or Cottonelle sure. with all, aloe or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> they're like pretty much, you know, a drop of uh, moisture in that thing. Just <laughs> yeah, like yeah, mud. Just, like, yeah. Oh. So yeah, that makes sense to bring your own toilet paper everywhere. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if Cuba's all that ready for that amount of tourism like the infrastructure I, I don't know if it's like prepared okay well i was also seeing that numbers are down now in the last year tourism sure. numbers are down quite a bit yeah i would say it's probably because of like trump's announcement or just like his attitude towards cuba it's yeah probably changed that and okay. it's so it's like the rules on who can go there and who can have always been kind of like in flux and so i feel like people kind of go to cuba like on hearsay they're like okay you get remember uh well remember it used to be like you have to go through canada or through Mexico. Yeah. And then they'd be like, you can go directly uh, for maybe there's like 12 different reasons you can go there and right. you have to do this. That's what and they're doing now, isn't it? This reasons? Yeah. It has to be one of these re- 12 reasons? Yeah, it could be for like education or for like humanitarian aid. Yeah. Or for me, it was easy. It was this legacy. Like my family's there, so I can just easily go. Sure. Um, But it's always changing. Okay. I think... Yeah, I don't know. I the tourism, the thing with tourism, I hope it helps the people there. Um, um, that's to be determined. But like, you know, really smart doctors and scientists and all that's maybe we talked about this last time are like leaving their great jobs and amazing professions to like become gypsy cab drivers. Oh yeah, you or, did like, say that. Sell jewelry on the street. Yeah, and that's kind of weird. So um, weird. Lately, I've been really annoyed because you know it's so popular for like two or three years to go to Cuba, I became I became so annoyed with how trendy it's become. Okay. And how people come back and talk about it. Like they're like, Oh my God, have you been? Oh, you have to go. You have to go before it changes. And you're like, oh changes for who, you bum. <laughs> it's just so annoying. <laughs> That's obnoxious, Is and it? uh that goes along with one of these articles I found oh, yeah. that said uh if you're coming back from Cuba with a good experience, you didn't see Cuba. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's obviously to get people to read an article. That's like a <laughs> bold statement, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's true. I mean, let me give you an example of what this per- this writer. Yeah, you know, I want to get your thoughts on this. Actually, um, it says. Uh, when President Obama loosened travel restrictions to allow uh, U.S. citizens more access to Cuba, he also created a zoo. Like caged animals, Cubans have been on display to a new swath of Americans. Um, and, the, and then this writer says, you know, this is what the typical uh, tourist trip to uh, Cuba is. Uh, first night, you go to Old Havana for performances of Buena Vista Social Club music. That's true. You're laughing, yeah. <laughs> you sip watery mojitos at La Bod. De Bodeguita? Oh, yeah, La Bodeguita. Yeah. Or have daiquiris at La Floridita. That's Hemingway's old. Both are famous Ernest Hemingway yeah. watering holes. Yeah. The next day, what do people do? They take pictures of hulking 1950s Buicks and Chevys <laughs> and maybe visit the Museum of Revolution or more likely Hemingway's room at Hotel Ambos Mundos. Yeah. Uh, evenings dine on tender beef in private restaurants off limits to Cubans. Uh, be serenaded, in parentheses, but not tip. Uh, scrappy Cubans summoning their last drops of emotional energy to belt out one more Guantanamera on ragged instruments that escape the tourist's gaze. Sure. Yeah, I think you're getting... Who wrote that? 
I cut that part out in the picture I took that I the screenshot, so I'd have to tell you later. You know, it's interesting because, like, I wonder the thing. I mean, what the my first thing I care about is the well-being and access to food and shelter and health care and you know, like supplies and freedom for the Cubans. That's like the first thing I care about. But then, so but sometimes I get like I wonder about the retaining our dignity as cubans instead of like because like you show up and like you know like you're on display and so all of a sudden you're like okay i have to play wonton amara at this and i have to play shake maracas and uh, you know juggle mangoes (laughs) just just for a scrap you know yeah and it's like it's such an amazing culture it's such a small island that's impacted the world, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, it's like such, and even like musically, there's so much music that's come from there, uh, culture, the dancing, the artwork, even cinema, you know, that's, you know, it's politics. You have to be pretty bold to be 90 miles away. I'm not communist. I hate all the oppression that's happened to my family and everything like that because of it, but it's pretty badass and bold to be 90s, 90 miles away from America and be like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it is a small and mighty important country. <laughs> Uh, sure. And you know it's uh, it's a great place. Uh, it's and it's very beautiful. And to cheapen it, to make it like uh, you know a sunburn uh, like a sunburned German tourist Disneyland. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like uh, you know what? Can we just not have to do that every time? Do we just like dance like monkeys in front of you for sure. <laughs> a yeah. couple bucks? But yeah, this this uh, oh here I do have the name Alex Lid- Lida Lida. L-Y-D-A. The no. person who wrote this is a Cuban-American freelance writer who frequently travels to Cuba. Yeah. I could see, um, I mean, I could see both sides of it. And one other thing is, uh, this Alex says, so be wary of friends and acquaintances who say they had a, quote, great time in Havana. It's a sure sign that they missed what is staring them in the face. The abject poverty that most Cubans have endured with a smile is worsening. It's true. I think there's, like, when you visit Cuba, people, it's, like, almost... Like a battered spouse, you know, mm. that's tr- in public. They're being like, oh, it's gr- everything's great. Like, okay. they're, like, life is great. The marriage is going wonderful. The kids are just beautiful. But inside they're like, people are I'm getting the shit beat, beat okay. out of me, you know? Uh-huh. And it's like, it's like the face that you put on. And so. Are you trying to tell me he's beating you? Is he beating <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Cuba's, the Cubans are like, no, no, I fell down the stairs or whatever. And you're like, no, this is. Uh, so Cubans have to put on the front, you know, especially you don't want to bum people out all the time when they're visiting. You don't want to be like, please, you know? And so Cubans are, I mean, we're naturally very gregarious people. And so people are always like, oh my God, they're so happy. You can just see them. They have this glow. I'm like, yeah, if they're so happy, why do they escape? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, why do they leave everything behind mm-hmm. to go to stupid Florida? Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, not the greatest. They just like inner tubes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Floating. They just, you know, they just love floating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I got off on a tangent. But, yeah, there's definitely people that are like, oh, it's so cool and didn't come back with at least some story of like you know i never learned that some of the realities behind it Mm -hmm. because i remember i stayed with family and the first day oh yeah well it's great second day they're like well looking around their shoulder and be like 
this place is a shithole. I can't wait to go to America. And then the third day, they're like, you know what the fucking Castro's did? And like, <laughs> every day, there's See? like a little more that comes okay. out. And that actually happened. We, I, you know, I traveled around Cuba a little bit and, you know, talked with some locals in other parts of the country that my family wasn't in. So I just talked to them and I had this long cab ride that was like two and a half hours and I just hired this cab driver. I was like, instead of taking a bus, which, like, they break down. They, like, sometimes a bus driver like, oh, I got to take a nap, you know? So I think I'm just going to, you know, I'll sleep here. You guys come back in two or three hours and maybe, you know, it's not Germany <laughs> or, like, Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not, like, they're on island time. Right. So I was, this cab driver, I was like, hey, will you just drive us somewhere, uh, you know, to Vinales or whatever, two and a half miles away? He's like, yeah, no problem. And so talked to him at first. It was, like, very cordial. And by the end, he was like, I was a fucking political prisoner and this motherfucker did this. And it was like, and it was like, okay. Okay, the truth. Yeah, the, good. The onion will, you know, yeah, will peel, mm-hmm. and then you get, you know, to the stinky truth of stuff. But yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that I think is very remarkable is just the spirit of the people. Like after being through so much, there is like Cubans are funny. They're like they're loud and they're smart and they're outrageous and they just have a spirit that you know people say oh the people are so bad. well they are really amazing people uh a couple of things that i remember you saying last time we did a podcast together is uh first of all that um <laughs> some cubans are uh, cubans can be known for uh you know like being very gregarious outgoing and uh a million bracelets and a lot of cologne or perfume <laughs> oh, yeah, is yeah, something yeah. that you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fl- there's a flashiness because when you have flashiness. nothing, yes. you like you become. It's almost inherent that you become materialistic. It's almost like with like rappers or something. You like you grew up in de- abject poverty, like in projects or something. So all of a sudden you're like, I got all the gold chains, man. Yeah. Like I'm rich, uh-huh. and uh, and so. In some cases, it's like fake it till you make it. You know, it's pretty like much. I'm just like uh-huh. I just love a lot of cologne and you know watches and stuff, and <laughs> I get it because it's like you know you just have nothing. Mm-hmm. But then you see sometimes you'll see like a movie star on TV or like a famous athlete, and you're like, why shouldn't I have that stuff too? So when you were growing up and like. Um I mean, you and I are relative just about the same age. Uh, you know, a lot of like the, at least for me as a white guy in Minnesota, that yeah. any news that ever came where Cuba was mentioned yeah. was pretty much a baseball player oh, defected. Yeah. yeah, you know. How was that? Tony Oliva or something? Well, yeah. (laughs) He's before my time. But, yeah, he's a very well-known Cuban baseball player for the Twins. Absolutely. But, like, um, you know, in the 80s and 90s, like, in your family, was that a big deal? Do you guys – was that on your radar? Like, did you talk about that? Did your dad go – you know, hey, we got another ball player that made oh, it, yeah. or was it, it a big was deal? Like Christmas every time. It was. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, like when Conseco came around. Like at the beginning, Conseco was amazing. I mean, oh, like yeah. you know, forty forty, all that stuff. I mean, it turns out he was juicing, but everybody was. But yeah. that was like exciting. Oh, like my yeah. dad was a lifelong. My dad came to America in the seventies. So, and growing up, he loved the Yankees just because that's like, when you're in Cuba, I mean, you mostly know the big teams and stuff like that. So, he loved the Yankees, and he came to the United States in the 70s, so he loved the Reds, like the big red machine, and of course the Dodgers and the Yankees, and I think the A's, because like Reggie Jackson. So, those those were like his teams. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, and sometimes those teams like uh, the Reds had Tony Perez Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and players like that. And then there's cute, there's, I can't believe, 
like oh um, God, I'd be so ashamed if I uh, uh, El Duque, El Duque, the Hernandez Duque brothers, came over. right? They're Cuban, right? Yeah, they're yeah. Cuban. That was like a huge deal. And my, at first, they're always like, they're like, my dad be like, yeah, so I, you know, El Duque, yeah, he's pretty good, but he's he's seventy five years old. You know, <laughs> they're, they're saying he's twenty five years old. The guy is obviously seventy five years old. Oh, you think El Duque is good? You should see uh, Chicho El Cojo, that guy. Now that guy's the best player, but they won't let him over because Fidel's got an eye on him. So they gave us Puig, and they gave us El Duque, and his other and Oroldis and all these people. But no, you should really see Chichito Pico Paco. That guy is the good player. Okay, yeah, El Duque, whatever. And then El Duque turns out to be awesome. And I was like, I told you he's the best. Yeah. Cubans are the best. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Then, but then we did find out that his age was completely made up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think he is 60 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's real old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, you know, you can be older and play baseball. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, Puig, is on, Yasiel Puig is oh, yeah. on the Dodgers. Yeah. And I don't think my dad ever got to see him play. Um, but he would have been super, he, you know, my dad would be kind of like everyone's attitude towards him is like, whoa, he's great, but come on, can you just settle down? Uh Like he's kind of the Dennis Rodman of baseball in in certain ways. I can see that. But I love it. I'm like, you, you make $4 a month playing baseball in Cuba and then you get to play for the Dodgers and become a millionaire. Of course you're crazy. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like Uh you're like flipping out. This is the, you're living your dream. You talk about a dream coming true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but (laughs) I knew all like all the Cuban baseball players growing up, they're just all legends. And my dad actually collected, we collected baseball cards growing up. So he'd always have like just a random person. I was like, who's this guy? And he's like, oh, you don't know Dolph Luque? Dolph Luque, one of the best pitchers of all time. He played from the Phillies from November of 61 to December of 1961. <laughs> I was like, dad, that's not even during the regular season. He's like, oh, but he was a farm league guy. He played a month, uh, you know, and, you know, did. It was not even spring training, but he he's from the same town I'm from, so you know he's good. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where where are those baseball cards? I have them. You do? Yeah. I um my dad was a collector of lots of interesting things. And so when you know, he had Alzheimer's for a long time and we'd been sifting through his stuff and just organizing it and just like trying to like my mom had to move into a smaller place. So we had to downgrade stuff. And um my dad collected baseball cards and I did as a kid and um coins, which I had no idea like my dad always had coins, like and he would like polish them oh. in different ways and it was like a hobby of his. And uh my mom was like Dad said if I ever needed money that I can, like, sell these coins. Oh, okay. And it's, like, part of his whatever, uh, in money that he's passing on to us, like his will or something. I was like, interesting. And so we went to some coin guy, and, like, my dad had coin. They're like, I can tell your father's a collector because he's used every type of container to have these coins. It's like a tennis ball container, like a tennis ball canister, coffee canister, Altoid tin, sure. all this stuff. And uh, the, I can picture it. That's great. Yeah. And he was like, your dad has very interesting taste in money. And I was like, cool. And he was like, you could tell that he loves uh, he loves buffalo nickels. And he just like knew all this stuff. And he was like, you can kind of know somebody by, I could tell your dad liked history. And he had certain years that he was fascinated with. And interesting. I was like, whoa. And I yeah. just had no idea. Because as a kid, I was like, okay, whatever, dad's sitting under a lamp staring like putting these coins into a book yeah you yeah know? so he collected those and also um 
he was he loved he worked in aerospace and he's always loved like outer space okay. <laughs> and like the space program so i probably have hundreds of patches of different space missions oh yeah apollo 13 apollo 14 like the challenger challenger 2 like all this stuff and uh it's really they're like really beautiful yeah patches. and then pins uh he collect baseball pins like dodger stuff that it's like you know uh here's the celebrating sandy koufax's sure. whatever win uh-huh. and then also uh what else did he collect uh, oh, when the Olympics came to Los Angeles in 1984, mm-hmm. there was like a bunch of like memorabilia. Oh yeah. So my dad had all that stuff. Yeah. Like, and then also the World Cup. But he's just like into collecting cool old stuff, uh, which I always thought it's like. And I have all this stuff now, and I have like nice. no interest in. So like we sold the coins because we needed to. Okay. <laughs> but like all the other stuff, I was like, I am not getting rid of these. I almost went to the baseball card shop, and I like, I made my dad the wooden box where he kept a, like a lot of his special. Like in woodshop class in high school or something, I made this box for him. I had his initials carved in it. It was sure. for his cards. And it was like, and I like opened it and I was like, I saw like, oh, there's a Mickey Mantle card, Reggie Jackson rookie, like really cool, mm-hmm. like a guy who loves baseball's cards. And I opened it and I was like, there's no way I'm you selling can't. these. I, can't I just can't. Yeah. And so uh, every once in a while, uh, it's, I have this big closet. Uh, where I had just have a bunch of stuff in it, and every once in a while, I'll, I'll like I'll open the box and be like, just look, and I was like, oh, cool, Rod Carew, yeah. like all these like, and his I after hearing that stuff about his coin collection, I think it's true for his baseball card collection, where he, he just had he had certain players. He's like he loves Raleigh Fingers. He has all the Raleigh Fingers cards. He yeah. loves Catfish Hunter. He has to have these and Reggie Jackson cards and like George Brett for some reason. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, or he liked scrappy lefties too. He liked Cuban players uh players from certain teams and then uh i mean certain teams and then like championship teams and stuff but he had every dodger championship team uh he had a frame um and on that frame would be like a um the baseball field like a diamond oh yeah and he would have the card for every starting player in the position position. yeah which is really cool oh that's nice Uh, so he's got all the dodgers and so I, I just think it's really cool. That is super but cool. That, I think it speaks to his like curiosity about life and learning and history and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like it always like today I went to the museum here and I was, like I always think about my dad. It's like oh it's just a lifelong learner, just mm-hmm. curious about the world and wanting to know more. Mm-hmm. And I was like oh like I don't have kids, but that's something I would want to pass on. It's just like that curiosity about stuff. I you are absolutely correct. Yeah, it's cool. And as someone with kids, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree, and I'm I'm trying as well. Also <laughs> to make them a Star Wars fans, but oh, to be yeah, curious yeah. about it. Did you see the new one? <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. This is, and it's weird because uh, I have gone opening night for all of the newer oh, Star wow. Wars movies. Yeah. Like I'm that big of a fan. Oh, cool. This one I haven't even gone yet. Oh, I'm sure it's. I mean, I'm. Have when you? It comes to Star Wars movies, I have not seen it, but. I'm easy to please. I'm like, I'm not going to be like, oh, they ruined, oh, Chewy, Chewy's two inches shorter in this movie or something. I'm like, I don't care. Okay. I just like, I just, I liked the, what was the last one? The Last Jedi? Yeah. Loved it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fun. Just because I'm more of a fan than like, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, split hairs over stuff. Sure. I finally watched uh, Black Panther. 
Oh yeah, did you like it? I did. Yeah, yeah. That was you? Cool. Yeah, yeah you I thought it? it was a cool movie. I was like, oh neat. You don't see this type of story that much. And I'm still, uh, <laughs> it still like is a mind bender for me watching a movie on Blu-ray when it's still in theaters. <laughs> oh wow, how'd you do that? It's still. It's oh, Blu-ray is that how now. you do it? Wow. Yeah, right. It's at Redbox now. Oh, crazy. Yeah, but it's also still like at the not even second rung, like at major theaters. Oh, that's a good idea. Why haven't they done that the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You just buy the album, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of albums, is yeah. your? did you bring copies of yours here to? No, I forgot like a dummy. I just Nothing, did not huh? bring them. I should have brought them. Yeah. Do you have one? Did I give you one last no. time? No. I'll have to send you one. I, um, I'll be happy to receive yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, no, I don't. Uh, I thought about it as soon as I got it. I was like, what was I doing? I like packed so quickly. I was like, I forgot to bring the album. Okay. But yeah. But do you, but do you, you at least go out? Do you go out and shake yeah, hands with people after the shows and, and stuff? talk yeah. to folks. I didn't get a chance to go uh, this week, so I had to ask you that. That's good. Your name on Instagram, Rad Tuna. Yeah. What's that? So, you know, okay. So I had a friend that lived in Manhattan Beach, the place I went to high school. It's like a Southern California beach town. And next door, there was, like, this real, like, wild man, like, this real, like, weird, like, Kenny Powers-type party animal guy who was, like, he had the mullet, and he had the goatee, and he just, like, he had jet skis, and he had a boat called Red Tuna. <laughs> and I just I always thought that was so funny. Uh, and he just, like, he's the type of guy that would do, like, push-ups on the front lawn but still be in the worst shape of anyone you've ever seen in your whole life. <laughs> and he just always looks sweaty and sunburned. Uh-huh. And he just, like, he lived for his jet skis. What kind of beer did he drink? I bet he was, was it well-known? What kind of beer he had around? Uh, I don't know. It, was, it wasn't a fancy beer. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah of course. No. It was, like, I don't know. Probably it was probably Bud. He's probably a high life man. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh-huh. probably a high life guy. <laughs> well, yeah, like a high life with a cherry in or something. Like real trashy, you know. I like to put olives in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a little red tuna martini. You know. Uh, red tuna martini. But yeah, people are always ask, and I always go, "Oh yeah," and I always forget for a second. I was like, "No, it's that guy." I never found out his name, but you know. yeah, probably a Derek. <laughs> red tuna. It all makes sense now. Yeah. It all completely makes sense now. Uh, well, as we're wrapping things up here, I do want to say uh, that if people still, if you want to do what I'm doing this coming Sunday, you call Acme and buy tickets to come here to see Never Not Funny live. Huh? Online only, uh, Brandon is telling me. Don't call the, oh, call the club. if you, Call the club, 612-338-6393 if you want to come see Chris Garcia. But if you want to come, correct, Brandon? If you want to come to see Jimmy Pardo's podcast this Sunday, online only. Online only. I will be here to see that show. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So that's just a little plug for someone who probably doesn't even need it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I'm hoping then in return he then uh, endorses or promotes this show. Yeah, he probably won't. Probably <laughs> it's been out it a few times. But. Uh, is there anything else we should be talking about here? I'm looking over my notes. Um, anything, Chris? You know, I just hope people come out this weekend. It's a great club. I always love uh, it. It's just always really fun. And so that's it. Just come out to a darn show. Come out I'm and see some comedy. Tonight, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, come out and see some comedy while Chris is here. And uh, as I've been saying recently, because it's can be unbearably hot in Minnesota. Acme has air conditioning and they pay the bills. Ooh. Mm hmm. It's, it's more than Rad Tuna Guy can probably say. <laughs> <you know? laughs> End it there.